Jabba, this is your last chance. Free us or die. <laughs> this is Return of the Pod. Right, sons, and welcome to a special episode of Return of the Pod, a podcast about Star Wars and more, where we discuss and celebrate the movie, shows, books, comics, games, and everything else from the galaxy far, far away, and will occasionally journey to other galaxies. Every generation is a legend. Every legend is a podcast, and this is ours. I am your host, disgraced Jedi and Force mystic Brian Sillam, and joining me is one of the greatest co-hosts in the galaxy, the smuggler with a not-so-secret heart of gold, Matt Romano. Greetings! Now, Matt, Woo. this is a, as I said in the intro, this is a special episode. Yeah! Do you know what that means? Oh, I, I, I do? Should I pretend like I don't know what it means? Yeah. Okay, okay, I don't know what that means. Well, I'll tell you what it means. <laughs> what does Dumbo. it mean? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what his own birthday is. Well, it means that we, have a, we had a guest. We had a guest. We had a guest. We had a hollow call with a very special Star Wars guest. We did it a lot on the old show. We had we yep. talked to some wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And one of the people we talked to on the old show, we're talking to again on this new one because they are right back. They, as, as Miles Kanata would say, they are right back in the mess in terms of <laughs> Star Wars fandom and everything else. And it is one of our favorites. That's right. Harrison Dooler herself, Vanessa Marshall. Oh had yeah. a hollow call with me. Uh, we just finished it, and it was great. Ugh. So we talked about all kinds of stuff from Star Wars, The Bad Batch. They call themselves The Bad Batch. To her appearance in Star Wars Squadrons and just a whole bunch of stuff. And she is, as always, the great, the great thing about Vanessa Marshall is not only is she insanely talented in every way you could think of, she's such a fan. Yeah. She is such a huge Star Wars fan, and she knows how to put gratitude first. And oh, yeah. she's, you know, fully aware that this is a dream come true and just living it. Yeah. And that's what's fantastic. So what do you say we boot up the hollow and have a listen? Yeah, I want to hear it. Boot it up. Let's do it. Okay, Azu, do you mind uh, kicking up the hollow? Nope, you don't have to talk. Thank you. Boot it up, and here we go. Here's my talk with Harrison Dula herself, Vanessa Marshall. I'm lucky enough to be joined by one of the most prolific actresses working right now. She can be heard in everything from DC, including but not limited to Young Justice and Harley Quinn, to Marvel, included but not limited to... Guardians of the Galaxy and the Spectacular Spider-Man, two shows such as Final Space, Solar Opposites, Regular Show, Star Trek, Lower Decks, and the recent film Earwig and the Witch. When it comes to video games, she features in the Metal Gear series, the Mortal Kombat series, the Ratchet and Clank series, and the Mass Effect series, among many others. She's Wonder Woman, she's Black Canary, she's Gamora, she's Mary Jane, and also she was briefly yet memorably the voice of dearly departed Ruth Bader Ginsburg on Rick and Morty, but 
For us and to Star Wars fans everywhere, she holds special distinction. She can be heard in the Knights of the Old Republic games as well as the character Jan Ors in Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and also Rook Cast in the final season of Star Wars The Clone Wars. But you likely know her best as the woman behind Hera Syndulla giving life to the character in Star Wars Rebels, Forces of Destiny, the Freemaker Adventures, the game Star Wars Squadrons, and everywhere else Hera has appeared, which now includes Star Wars The Bad Batch. She was nice enough to join us on our old show, and we're so happy that she's our first guest on the new one. It is my honor to say, Vanessa Marshall, welcome to Return of the Pod. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That may very well be the best introduction I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my goodness. That I need can you please print that out and send it to me because I forget who I am. <laughs> it would be my pleasure. Please. Uh, you just you nailed each thing. I mean, if I could just forward that to people when they ask for a bio, boom. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> tell them to call me. I'll tell them what's what. Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, 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 I said to myself before I wasn't going to do this, but I have to now. Is I was recently, I'd never played the Mass Effect games before, but they recently released the Legendary Editions. So I went through and I played all three of them. And I didn't know you were in those. And then at a certain point in each three of the games, all of a sudden somebody, a character talked and it was like a warm blanket came over me. And I said, that's Vanessa. And it was you're in you're in all three of them. It was and among the turmoil and and pathos going on in those games, it was very welcome. Jordan Knowles, E Crimes. It's an honor to meet you, Commander. Well, we signed these NDAs, right? So when I record something, I sort of forget it out of you know honoring protocol. So I'll never speak of it. So that when I was invited to a convention that was all about Mass Effect, and they said, you know, could you please join us? And I said, why? And they said, well, you've been in all three games. And I said, I was? And, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, sometimes I have to Google to make sure I'm, I'm so good at forgetting what I've done so as to protect the IP that sometimes I have amnesia as well. That's why, again, I need you to print out the introduction and send it to me. So that's quite helpful. <laughs> Don't, it would be my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> I know how important Hera Sandula is to you. So can you... Walk me through the process of how you found out that both Hera and yourself would be returning for the Bad Batch. Yes. Well, I got an email from the same agent who let me know that I got the role initially. She is always the bearer of good news, apparently. Um, but they <laughs> framed it as a question, you know, would you like to return? It's sort of a silly question because the answer is, of course. You know, um, so I responded favorably they uh, we set up a date and they sent the script and then i began to ponder all the questions that go with embracing her earlier accent uh that sounds very much like a french accent how much of that does one put on and um also you know if you age her down where does her strength begin and what is what is the source of her inspiration for the way she lives the rest of her life and uh man it was just it was so rich with so many questions that I, I couldn't wait to get started. We set a date and we had tons of fun discovering who Hera was as a young girl. When did that take place? How long had you been sitting with the secret that Hera would be coming onto the show? Gosh, it 
it was either end of last year or this year. I'm not, I, time is a blur thanks to the pandemic. I'm not sure, but it was during the pandemic. I know that. I have to say, you you, you gave no hint or anything because it blindsided everybody. Yeah. We had just no idea that the minute we saw Chopper and then we saw you, um, there was a collective shriek <laughs> heard, heard round the galaxy. And as you mentioned, we'd heard Hera's native Ryloth accent before on Rebels, yes. whenever you're talking to Cham or when you're back on Ryloth. But we hear a lot more of it here. And what was especially fun was hearing you say Chopper's name. We have to help Chopper. In that accent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which none of us on this show are able to properly imitate yet. Can you teach us how it's done? Well, uh, I do speak French. And I have a dear friend who is from France, and um, I didn't go quite as far as she does when she speaks English, because she would say, chopper, chopper, chopper. And uh, so I took the uh off and just said, chopper, chopper. And so it's a little hint of the uh, and, uh, you know, age it down considerably. (laughs) Jacqueline. She is the owner of the La Poubelle restaurant here in Los Angeles. For those of you who are nearby, go say hi to Jacqueline. Uh, chopper. 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 I, I, either. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm incapable, but I appreciate chopper? it. Yeah, it, just the hint of it, I think, is all you need. Too much of it, it might get a little uh, hard. <laughs> <laughs> How to understand it. <laughs> Don't want to go too far. Exactly. Not only do we do we reintroduce ourselves to to young Hera and Chopper, but we meet uh, Hera's mother for the first time, Eleni. We know from Rebels, was very important to her. Mm -hmm. How much of of Hera's bond with Eleni was new for you in terms of this show, and how much of it were you already aware of? Well, it was new in the sense that it was happening in real time, as opposed to a narrative that they were sharing with me, sort of her history in the abstract. So it was beautiful to experience it firsthand. Uh, I do love how she scolded me and then said, so what did you learn? <laughs> so it was like, "How? don't do that. But OK, so what did they tell you? Um, so <laughs> she's mildly subversive. I love that. Uh, what was interesting is that I worked on this by myself. Uh, Brad was the director and he was amazing, but I wasn't there with any other actors. So it was unknown to me how uh, powerful Eleni's accent was by comparison. I think Hera's accent falls somewhere between her mother and her father's accent, but I thought that was interesting uh, because she called me Hera, which is more, again, of that that uh, more pronounced R, chopper. Chom is not quite as, as far as that, but uh, it was interesting for me to record it solo and feel one way about interacting with Eleni, again, in the abstract uh, still, but then to see it put together and hear her actual mother's voice was so moving to me. Uh, she felt, to me, she really did sound a lot like Hera. It made sense. Like, all of it made sense. <laughs> Each experience was different. When I was doing Rebels and hearing about my mother, that was one thing. When I was recording uh, Bad Batch as a younger Hera, acting opposite the director as opposed to the character, that was another thing, experiencing that kind of nurturing and discipline and, uh, you know, coercion or, or covert you know, conversations with the mom, not coercion at all. But um, but uh, then, of course, to watch it as a fan and hear the mom, uh, it was uh, much like actually 
finally meeting Omega uh, when I got to watch The Bad Batch as a fan and then knowing that that's who I was talking to was crazy. As great as it is to see Hera together with her mom and to meet her mom, there's just a, a pang with me, at least, that I, I keep thinking, well, Eleni's not in Rebels and mm. she doesn't. We know tragedy befalls this family at some point. Yes. So I just keep thinking she's on borrowed time. And that mm. is heartbreaking to me. Absolutely. I know. I, I heard from a lot of people that they were dreading what might occur in the in the second episode, you know, knowing that she doesn't uh, land in uh, Rebels. Ultimately, they were afraid that we might be privy to her demise. Luckily, we did not have to experience that. Life is weird enough right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's the, not yeah. not today. Not not um, now. Yeah. You mentioned Omega, who one of the biggest joys mm. was the instant bond Hera mm-hmm. and Omega had. Definitely. Especially um, a scene that we all loved was Hera seeing Omega's room. Right. And yeah, it's so charming and also prophetic because you because Hera, you say, but Hera says up there, that's where I sleep. You get to live on a starship. That's my dream. It's my, I would love to live on a starship. Right. And I'm just thinking, well, I've got good news for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, that was amazing. And then her description of flight uh, as well, you know, that it's more about a feeling uh, was just so foretelling of, of what was to come and that she was that wise at such a young age. Oh, it was just so moving. When I close my eyes and picture myself up there, I feel it. The instruments help guide you, but you plot your course. You're free. It's satisfying because she's talking about it being a feeling, and we're thinking, well, is is that does that dip into the force or does it not? Oh. And then in the second episode, we see her actually take off for the first time. Yes, and it's a mess. Yeah, <laughs> which is we were we were talking in our last episode. It would have been weird if she was just a natural right off the bat, but she's not. Yeah. The, the, one of the best pilots in the galaxy right away. No, exactly. There's, there's room for growth there. (laughs) Something else that, that this episode made me think of is she's Harris come out of the clone wars and goes right pretty much into a galactic civil war. She's a born fighter and a rebel and fights all her life. And in this episode, Cham talks about, hopefully wanting some kind of peace at one point, which sadly is not to be. But I found myself wondering if Hera would even know what to do mm. if she found herself in a place of peace, because we've never seen her in, a, in anything remotely close to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think Chom makes the decisions that he does, uh, you know, to try and trust the clones for the sake of peace. But uh, that doesn't pan out in the least. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a really interesting thing to ponder. What what would that look like? I mean, I think when we go to season four of Rebels and Kanan's sacrifice, and then, you know, she's given her whole life to the chaos and sorting through it and helping those who are marginalized, et cetera, you know, for the Rebel Alliance and on and on, uh, that sort of took a front seat to any relationship per se with Kanan in an organized fashion. But I think with the loss of Kanan, um, perhaps uh, that's that's when she would have wished for some peaceful times to have, uh, you know, really treasured more of that connection. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it was too late. But uh, yeah, there was zero peace. <laughs> yeah, it, I'd, I'd like to think that at some point, 
towards the end, at mm-hmm. the, once the Galactic Civil War is done and yeah. seriously done, yeah. she may have some time to just be with her son, maybe her father who could be still still around and just see what life is like without all that. Yes. Well, maybe there's there's yet yet another story. <laughs> we'll take it if there is. Yeah. I mean, spe- speaking of, of, of her fighting, we, we never got to talk to you about the squadron's experience, the oh, game. Oh, that was amazing. Where we saw you, you, there were photos and video. You got to do the whole mocap suit and yeah. the shoot and everything. And you looked like you were having the time of your life doing that. I really was. Let's get you and the others briefed. There isn't much time. Having done voiceover for so long, which amounts to a certain kind of preparation and, uh, you know, bringing different tools and ideas to a session, to then embody a character fully, more sort of as an on-camera job, um, if you will, because I had to memorize her lines and, and really have a physical presence as opposed to a vocal presence, that was incredible. It was just incredible. I, I wasn't sure. It had been a long time since I'd done uh, anything like that. And uh, it was like falling off a log. And I, the guys on the set were like, you've done this before, right? And I was, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but uh, but I'm a good fit, I guess. And yeah, I mean, I went to NYU graduate school. I have a master's in acting. We did Chekhov, Shakespeare. I learned with Liviu Chule. We did Commedia dell'arte, mask work. I mean, if I can't handle it, I, I don't know, then I deserve to give my degree back. <laughs> Uh, all those elocution exercises and Alexander technique and character development class, all that, all that stuff sort of came to fruition for me, <laughs> given that opportunity. And, and I seized it and enjoyed it so much. I had such a great time. This is, is making me think of something that, that, I, that I've thought of a lot, because a, a lot of people will say that, you know, there are actors and then there are voice actors. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just makes me think, well, you you don't really know what goes into voice acting because it's not just with your voice it's still using everything an act that an actor would use mm-hmm. it's just you're just not seeing it absolutely what it reminds me of as i just said the commedia dell'arte work where we were wearing masks i did some of my best work wearing the mask sort of embodying different archetypes and uh i felt more liberated wearing the mask and i could be more expressive that way which I think tells you a bit about my personality. I love the invisibility of voiceover. I love the uh, flexibility. I can play any character for as long as I'm able to speak. Uh, the only thing that holds me back is my imagination. Whereas with an on-camera career, you know, the character has blonde hair or, you know, is a different, I, I don't know, different height, different weight. I can portray those things and give that heaviness or that height to my voice um, so I feel like it's so much more fun to do the voiceover stuff. And the people that I care about know who I am, if that makes any sense. I mean, my mom was on Knott's Landing in Dallas and uh, sort of gave up her privacy for the sake of, you know, the, the publicity that goes with being on a network show every Thursday, 10 p.m., CBS. You know, there were for 13 years she was on television and people would come up to us just walking down the street. And, you know, that type of hyper visibility is is something that um, goes with the job. But I'm grateful that no one knows who I am ever. And except when I'm at a con, <laughs> I asked. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I went. To, <laughs> where was I? I think it was. Uh, I, I, I don't remember. I've gone to so many, but I asked someone, excuse me, where's the ladies room? And they said, oh, 
Miss Marshall? I was like, oh, my God, uh, how do you know who I am? And she's like, you're at a convention? And I said, oh, sorry, of course. Wow, thanks. I appreciate that. And then, you know, she directed me on my way. But there's a certain demographic where I'm like, I, I can high five people and they understand my love of storytelling and we all get along. But uh, in general, in Los Angeles, there are, there are the uber famous people and they like my mom was very famous when I was growing up. They have that certain lifestyle. But the actors from The Simpsons, uh, they used to, they were some of them used to be at my voiceover agency and they would sit in the lobby. No one would know who they were. I'm like, you know, that's Homer Simpson, right? And he's like, you're kidding. These very humble, kind souls just walking through life and not a lot of people know who they are. So uh, I love it. So there's a huge difference, I would say. Um, but I think both areas require different skills. And uh, I was grateful to have uh, learned many of those in graduate school, to have found a full-blown career in voiceover. And I didn't do on camera because I was getting so much voiceover work and I had to at one point choose between the two because uh, I was on scrubs and I remember waiting for the gaffer to get the lighting or whatever it was and my voiceover agent saying, you know, you have to you have to make a choice right now, Vanessa, because you're hemorrhaging cash if you sit there and age. You know, it's up to you. If you want to do your on camera thing, do it. But I just sort of went where the love was, which was uh, in the world of voiceover and that has, you know, been ever since. But, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll dovetail back around. It could. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm well versed enough in, in what it takes to succeed in that area. But um, back then I just made a choice and it's it's been a good one so far. <laughs> but, uh, man, I'll tell you, Squadrons was just a lovely way to test that out. And, and it was fantastic. Do you play the game yourself? Because no. it's quite <laughs> insidious in... It it has us fighting for you. And personally, I say I apologize for being the worst pilot under your command <laughs> that probably has ever been. But the game, it, it's horrible because you play both sides. At one minute, I'm fighting for you. And the next minute, I'm fighting against you. Mm. So if if you've uh, and you're insanely busy, so I don't imagine you've even had a, a time to play it. But if well, you have, no, you, not you're yet. fighting yourself. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, but I but I hope to. Um, in fact, if they had like a squadrons uh, championship or something like that in uh, esports, I would definitely show up and and try and play Hera or <laughs> or <laughs> play against her or however however the game works. But <laughs> in the briefing, she's like, "Well done on that mission." I was like, "It really wasn't." But thank you. <laughs> God, it's so it's just what a, what a world. The technology is incredible. I went to a really cool restaurant here in Los Angeles called Guild Hall over in Burbank this past weekend. Uh, before masks became a uh, requirement indoors at 11.59 p.m. on Saturday night. It was so cool because they had the Overwatch championship on and people oh. people were playing board games like Catan and someone was playing Star Wars Battleship. Someone sucked my battle. I was like, is this heaven on earth? Have I died and gone to heaven right now? <laughs> but uh, I was like, this is, this is a pretty good vibe right here. Uh, I don't know if you have anything akin to that in New York, but what a great premise. Loving it. We do. Uh, none of us have really gotten into it yet. But ah. I mean, who would dare sink Harris and Dula's battleship? That's my question. Well, that's the thing is like I was like, this is this is treading dangerously close to a convention vibe right here. And I was like, I wonder if any of these people watch uh, Bad Batch. And then I actually I met a woman who was totally cool. She's a female comic book writer, Jody Hauser. 
And oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was freaking out. I was completely fangirling out. And then she said, wait a minute, you're Vanessa, Vanessa Marshall? And I said, she's like, oh, my gosh, I just watched Bad Batch, blah, blah, blah. It's, like, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it's a really cool place. And uh, they have um, her boyfriend, I think, Eric Campbell, runs Streampunk. And they have all kinds of RPG games that they play. And uh, I was just like, wow, okay, I've, I think I've found my new home. <laughs> yeah, if you have anything like that in New York, I highly recommend it. It's uh, in lieu of a New York Comic Con, just as a quick shot in the arm. It, it, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it beats my living room. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back to something that you touched on before, because despite being beloved by, by fans within Star Wars, and you're a huge Star Wars fan yourself that has now found yourself being a part of it, but you really don't buy into your own hype at all. And you're, you yourself are very humble and you always, I always get this sense of gratitude from you. You're always so grateful. And personally for me, no matter what I'm doing, I am primed to the first thing, anything goes wrong. I start bitching and moaning and whining and gratitude is the first thing to go. Mm. So is there, how do you manage to keep gratitude at least some kind of hmm. central in, in some way? Well, the very honest answer to your question is that there was a time, gosh, it was in graduate school where I, I think we all, well, maybe not all of us, but there comes a point and, you know, maybe Luke Skywalker faced this and now we're talking about the hero's journey again. But when one goes from their family of origin to the family of man, and there's that that crisis of faith where, you know, it's that dark night of the soul. You know, Hamlet has his monologue. There, there, there are these times when we decide to go on or or to call it quits. You know, and I feel like there was a very dark time in my life and uh, struggled with depression and, uh, you know, no doubt the pandemic has, I'm sure, uh, impacted people in that way. Uh, many of my friends, indeed, but. Um, I thought it would never pass, and uh, I think the reason that I'm so grateful today is that I don't understand how I could have gone from such darkness to imagine, if you will, I'm at Disney World, I'm on a stage with Peter Mayhew, who is now walking for the first time in years up to a Millennium Falcon cake to blow out candles on his birthday, and James Arnold Taylor alias Obi-Wan Kenobi, Plo Koon, and any other genius character you want to come up with, I am in that company as a Star Wars fan whose off-card first action figure is Chewbacca. Okay, <laughs> if that's not a get-to moment, I get to do this today. I get to do that today. Like, I just, you know, when that happened, I went into the bathroom and looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, you know, when they say, like, don't quit before the miracle, you know, the darkest days right before the dawn. And I would imitate them like that and be like, shut up. Yeah. But the truth is, one never knows where life can take them, you know, and I acknowledge my privilege. I acknowledge, you know, that a lot of what I'm saying right now, uh, you know, perhaps not afforded to all people, uh, you know, hopefully that is changing. Um, I realize how absolutely lucky I am. And to be honest with you, I have lost a couple friends in the pandemic to that darkness. And it's very real. Uh, the price is high. And the uh, one decision made in one moment that could just cut off 
the endless possibilities that life can offer us, to me is staggering. I, I feel like there's no other choice than gratitude. You know, and, and in a very practical way, uh, every night before I go to bed, I write down everything I'm grateful for. And I read it out loud in the morning to myself so that I start each day with empirical evidence that my life is actually getting better, that that I focus on what's right instead of what's wrong. And then the day becomes about how can I help someone else as opposed to what am I going to get or how do I convince people that I'm someone I'm not or, you know, uh, any of those uh, things that are born out of fear. And so that ultimately it's a choice between fear and love. And if that love for all things grows, then, you know, I stand a better chance of having a much more enjoyable day and in turn move toward life instead of death. That kind of turned around for me uh, right around the same time that I started doing voiceover. So I don't know. I think it's just been one good day building on another good day. And uh, even though I've spent the pandemic completely by myself, uh, apart from Zoom, you know, connections and this and that, uh, game nights or whatever I've done on Zoom, I think I am. I'm, even my doctor said, how the hell are you so jolly right now? And I don't know that I would call it jolly, but I do feel lucky. <laughs> and, you know, people say hashtag blessed or whatever. But I just I have been afforded privilege. I do hope to pay it forward. There is always something that I can do better uh, and to help someone else. And, yeah, I just I, I've chosen to organize myself in that way. And perhaps that's why I'm so much like Hera. But uh, now I want to live as much as I didn't want to before, you know, it, it, I, I want to live and thrive and help others do the same. All, all life forms, I want us all to uh, experience happiness and joy and freedom and uh, equality together. And, you know, uh, just like Hera convinces uh, Ezra that we have hope, hope that things will get better and they will, uh, I very much feel that way. And uh, I'm looking forward to what the future brings and and seeing how that bears out. But that is the long-winded answer to uh, your no, question. No, that's amazing. <laughs> and it's just, it's it, you're right in that it's Hera, but it's also so much of Star Wars as a whole is characters coming around to realize yeah. that. In a recent book I just finished, a Padawan mm -hmm. comes to the realization throughout, it takes him the whole book, but he realized it's not me, it's us. Mm. And that's why I, I keep coming back mm -hmm. to, yeah, it's lightsabers, it's spaceships, it's wizard monks and everything, but it's also all of these other things. And I don't care where it comes from. That's stuff I need to learn. Yeah. My friend, my friend describes me as um, the mind of a professional, but the heart of a rookie. <laughs> because it's true. I love to take classes and I love to learn. And there's, there really is so much to learn. It seems never ending. Yeah, yeah in, for better or for worse. <laughs> but but humility helps. I've heard someone described humility as a clear recognition of who and what we are and a sincere desire to be all we can become. And for some reason, when that person defined humility that way, I thought, I can work with that. That makes sense. I like that. You know, I understand who I am and what my say my defenses are, that might limit me, I'm willing to forego those to become a better person. Yeah, absolutely. Well, go, going back to, to, to something a, a little less uh, 
just as inspiring, but maybe not as deep. Um, <laughs> you are a huge, uh, as I said, you're a huge Star Wars fan before and still now, whether you're involved or not. And we've got, by my looking at the tally, about a million and a half new Star Wars projects on the horizon, mm. be them television, streaming, yeah. games, yeah. movies, or what. What's maybe one or two of them that, uh, and if you're anything like me, you're, you're excited for all of them, but what are like one or two that you're most excited for that you would want right now if you could? Well, Boba all day. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, and and I'm curious, anything with Ahsoka, <laughs> any Ahsoka narrative, I am all over it. Yeah, and, and I keep coming back to because I, I, I keep thinking we're getting Ahsoka, we're getting Boba Fett at, at the end of this this year, and then I keep forgetting, oh, yeah, Taika Waititi, this crazy guy behind Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit is making a Star Wars movie also. Right, and I yes. sometimes forget about that, yeah. and who knows what that's going to be. I know, I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you probably couldn't tell me even if uh, – e- if whether or not you, you probably do know, but I but I have to ask the Sundulas, they're off at the end of the most recent episode and they're together. But there's a long way to Alderaan in terms of where we leave them and where we next meet Hera. Would it be safe to assume that we maybe haven't seen the last of you in the role of Hera, possibly on the Bad Bath? I have no clue. I really don't. It, would it be would it be safe to assume that you would want to come back? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. In any place or version, of course, I would be more than happy to come back even as a droid. I mean, <laughs> meaning any character, you know, uh, to be helpful in terms of storytelling, I, I would love to be a part of any narrative involving the space opera. <laughs> well, it was such a pleasure seeing Hera come back. And because we had thought if you were to be involved, we thought, well, Rook Cast isn't dead. So theoretically, she could come back. Oh. But even after... Caleb, little Caleb Doom popped up yeah. in the premiere. Just none of us were thinking. No, that I didn't Hera know that either. I, I too was like, wait, 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 what? Freddie, you didn't tell me. And I'm like, oh, same reason I didn't. Oh, he, no, I, but I didn't oh, well, tell. So, so neither. No. Well, I high fived him and I, I said, like, yo, I mean, with a text, I didn't actually, yeah, I haven't seen him and it's, we're in a pandemic. But um, I, I yeah. texted him. I was like, yo, you did a, such a great job, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, thanks, mama. And I didn't say, like, wait to see. I just was like, okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Sam Witwer uh, texted me. He was like, great work. I was like, oh, my God, Darth Maul texted me. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we play our role-playing games, and he's the DM, and, and, like, he's a dear friend. But I still freak out. I'm like, dude, that's Darth Maul and the Emperor. But he's, he's just also one of the best DMs because I, I, I watch insane. your streams, and he is yeah, the DC All very good and very tolerant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's sick. He's so good. <laughs> any any uh, new bit of wisdom from young Hera uh, to finish off that has really stuck out to you from these two new episodes? Well, what I really loved was her communication with Omega. Um, for me, it foreshadowed what happens with Sabine in terms of female characters supporting one another. You know, I love that Omega fought to help Hera out and, um, you know, that they were so... Uh, supportive of one another. I think that's a beautiful thing uh, for, you know, for young kids who are watching to have uh, these female characters, you know, they, they model that kind of, uh, I don't know, just support for one another. Um, I 
do a lot of volunteer work for a group called Step Up Women's Organization. Um, and their mission is women inspiring women to inspire girls. You said you wanted to be a pilot, right? Yeah. Well, come on. And as I read their interaction um, and how, you know, they, they just were so, I don't know, she's like, you know, so you want to be a pilot? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, women encouraging other women to discover the power they have, to me, is what it's all about. And so when I saw that occur between the two of them and then I know what Hera goes on to do, uh, that was just so moving to me and felt so important. And, uh, you know, I think words matter and it, and it matters that, that we support one another. And uh, that was a beautiful thing to experience and then to watch as a fan. It was very moving, very moving. Well, thank you so much again for, for taking the time to talk with me today. Vanessa yeah. Marshall, you are welcome back at Return of the Pod anytime. Fantastic. And whenever I'm in New York, boom. Peter Luger's. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's happening. You can consider that done. Absolutely. We're good at plug like 40 restaurants here. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> and there we have it. Class act. Wouldn't you say? Class act, humble, just just a all-around just fantastic person. Like uh, that was fantastic. One of the classy act, classiest acts in town. Yeah, just class act. You, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Try to find me a classier yeah. act. Yeah. Just try. Like if you, you didn't fail. And if you didn't like Hera now or you don't love Hera now, I mean, how do you not love What's Hera? Wrong What's, wrong you? You? What's, <laughs> What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Check for a pulse. Put put, it, put a mirror to, to check for breath. Do in fact check for a reflection. Um because yeah, how could you not because she as she said, she just kind of that's why I think so much of her is Hera and Hera is her. And I think that's yeah. why the character speaks to so many people because that warmth that you get from Hera, that's what, she, that's what she just embodies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really? Am I fanboying a little bit over yeah, this? You're yes. glowing. But, may I say, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, come on. So would anybody, yeah. it's just, she's just a treasure star Wars. I'm going to say star. She thinks she's lucky to have star Wars. I'm going to say this star Wars is lucky to have her. Yes, for sure. Star Wars is lucky to have her fans. We are so lucky to have her and we on return of the pod. So lucky and happy and grateful that she took the time to talk to us. So it doesn't really get any better than that. Does it? No, it really doesn't. I don't even know what to add here because it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's going to make it better, Matt. What's that special added surprise for you? What's that? I'm making dinner tonight. You're making dinner tonight. I'm making dinner tonight for just us. Wow. What are you making? Um, I don't know yet, but I think you just thought of this. Yeah, it's going to be, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. It might be tip yip. It might be uh, Andorian chicken. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I know it's not going to be or, Peter Luger's because you're, you're saving that for Vanessa Marshall. No, when we're, she comes sa we're saving, we're saving the Peter Luger's that the, the famous, that famous star Wars restaurant. It could be takeout from the restaurant that Zizor Always has ah. a table at in your beloved shadows of the empire. Yes, How do you like that? I want that then. Whatever he's eating, the Zizor uh, salad from <laughs> from Galaxy's One Edge. One for it the Zizor pheromones, <laughs> yeah. and Matt says, "I'll have what he's having." Okay, well, that's going to do it for our special episode of Return of the Pod. But join us fairly soon in the near future, where we'll be going back to discuss more of Star Wars: The Bad Batch. They call themselves the Bad Batch. 
In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, some subreddit, and in the sky <laughs> at Return of the Pod. You can also find us directly. Matt Romano, you can be found where? You can find me on Twitter at, at Matt Romano, M-A-T-T-R-O-M-A-N-O. And once again, your aim name is? Oh, my aim name. <laughs> it's uh, Let This Die. Zero zero seven. No, it was what was it? Kid Vermont. <laughs> no, it was Kid Matt twenty six. Was my aim? Kid Matt twenty six. Kid Matt twenty six. <laughs> yeah, let this die. I do not think so. And I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and wherever else at Brian Silliman. That's at B R I A N S as in Sky Guy I L L I M A N. Stretch out with your feelings and share your thoughts. We love hearing from you. Subscribe, leave a comment, and give five stars if you're feeling generous. Snoke them if you got them. Take it cheesy and remember hope is like the sun if you only believe in it when you can see it you'll never make it through the night this is the way we have spoken for light and life many boats the force will be with you always be the spark